Hi, I'm Chelsea, the Christian Nutritionist. Welcome to the Christian Health Club podcast. We are here to fire you up in spirit, mind, and body so that you can get out into the world and be everything God created you to be. Welcome to the club. Here we go. Hello, my friend. Welcome back to the club. How are you today? Carly is here with me. And this podcast is really kind of for us. And we're just going to let you listen. (laughs) (laughs) Because homegirl and I need to slow down. Mm -hmm. We both got a lot on our plates right now. Maybe you resonate with that. And I'm hyper aware of it because of how I was feeling on the brink of a crash last spring, you know, and I had to take some time off. Well, I loaded my plate right back up, as we're prone to do, and I'm having those moments where I'm like, am I going to be okay? (laughs) And I am, but I'm having to be very mindful about preserving my peace and taking time to rest, and I know Carly is feeling the same. We're trying to practice what we preach and teach in the School of Christian Health and Nutrition, which, by the way, is starting in February, and registration actually opens next week. Oh my goodness. Eep. <laughs> Exciting. <laughs> but we have this entire module on rest, which doesn't just mean sleep. That's a part of rest, but not all of it. And since we're in the place where we need the reminder for ourselves, we thought it would be a good reminder for you too, especially since we're in the busy holiday season when things are a little crazier. But actually, let's be real. No matter what the season is, they're always you know, is a lot going on. And we tend to make a lot going on for ourselves, loading our plates mm-hmm. up, so to speak. So everybody just take a deep breath. I think we could use more of those and let your brain open up to this idea of, of taking, you know, more of a sacred rest. And, um, and we'll get going. Hi, my friend. Hi, Carly. I'm so glad you're here. Hello. And um, are you ready to soak this in as we talk through it today? Yes, absolutely, Chelsea, and thank you all for having me. I'm super excited to be here. If you don't know who I am, I am Carly. I am a nurse practitioner. I work in functional medicine, Um, but first, I was a nutritional therapist, and I've known Chelsea for many years, and so I hop on here occasionally to share some things that have been placed on my heart, Um, and Chelsea and I are kind of putting together the School of Christian Health and Nutrition and putting the finishing touches on it, and it's been like such a fun and wonderful journey, but really excited to dig into and talk about rest today because I think we could all use it. For sure. Okay, well, kick us off and um, where do you want to start? Awesome. So I'll first just start by anchoring us in some scripture. So everyone just guided breath. (sighs) Deep breath. Um, In Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, it reads, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I was reading a devotional the other day that was talking about how the Lord intentionally designed the week 
essentially um, modeling it after the way that he created the world. Um, And it reads, After six days of creation, God looks upon the works of his hands and pronounces it very good in Genesis chapter 1 verse 31. But it is not until the seventh day that God calls something holy. And that's the day of rest that he interjects into the time and space of creation. The day of rest receives the attribution of holiness, which is the very essence of God's character. And the two short verses of Genesis chapter 2 verses 2 and 3 emphasize not once, not twice, but three times that God rested. Today, many people think of rest as something they have to do so that they can work. Given the choice, some people would prefer bodies that simply did not need rest. But in modern society, rest is often seen as the opposite of productivity. It's simply a functional necessity serving the higher end of work, devoid of higher meaning or true significance. But is this view of rest and work biblically accurate? We see in Genesis chapter 2 that God both works and rests. And we all know that God, in his omnipotence, clearly does not need to rest (laughs) for reasons of physical tiredness or exhaustion. So he's already one-upping us in that department. (laughs) He does not need to rest so that he can become more productive, given that he has already accomplished everything and already created everything he needed to. So clearly there's something more to rest than maintaining energy for the production line as part of like our factory, like robot vibes, <laughs> right? So it's also interesting that the first thing in all of creation that is made holy is not a person or even an object. Rather, it is a day. So what then is the significance of rest for God? And why does he make this day holy? Genesis chapter 2 does not say why God makes the seventh day holy, merely that he does so. So it helps to turn to the concept of Sabbath as it is developed throughout the Bible. Surprisingly enough, the term Sabbath doesn't actually appear again until Exodus 16, 23-29, when Israel is wandering in the wilderness after being delivered from Egypt. The next significant mention of Sabbath occurs in the giving of the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20, 8-11. The fourth commandment states to remember the Sabbath and to keep it holy, and that's grounded upon God's pattern of working six days and resting on the seventh, making an explicit link between our existence, between creation, and the observance of the Sabbath. In Exodus chapter 20, verse 11, it says, For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but rested on the seventh day. Israel is commanded to rest because God rests in creation. One thing that I found really interesting um, is that the sanctity of rest is stated that it in no way undervalues the importance or the dignity of work and the callings that we've been given. I mean, Chelsea and I talk about this all the time, that we feel tremendously called to what we do, whether it's being a nutritionist, for, for Chelsea being a mom and a wife, for me being a nurse practitioner, 
being a daughter, being a sister, being a friend. It doesn't undervalue the importance or dignity of work, um, the necessity and sanctity of rest. Rather, these opening chapters of Genesis establish a pattern of work and rest, and that to do one without the other is actually a deviation from God's created order. And that's something that just really blew my mind when I read it and really let it sink in with me. Oh, that's so good. Um, I know that you and I both struggle with taking a Sabbath, a day off of work, a day of rest, a day, a day of better intention. But you, I know that you have better intentions around it than I do. <laughs> I'm not sure you always abide by those boundaries. And, Maybe and not. I'm, prob- I'm probably part of that reason that you don't because I'm like, hey, can you record a podcast on Sunday? <laughs> um, I'm, not, I'm, an, I'm an enabler, uh, a work enabler. I'm sorry. Um, but I know that you've said, other days for Sabbath aside from Sunday. I mean, Sabbath was historically practiced on Saturday, but I think the most important thing is to set a day of this kind of holy sacred rest, no matter the day. Are you doing anything like that right now? Or have you, do you have any day mm-hmm. set aside where you're trying to, to have your Sabbath? Right. It, I mean, I think, I think there's a, an element of practicality to it, which in the modern world, you can say, oh, my Sabbath is Saturday, but then your kids have a soccer game and there's a birthday party and you know that's not a Sabbath if you're, you know, schlepping kids around or like going grocery Mm -hmm. shopping and meal prepping. I think there's a huge difference and we will talk about this next about what a Sabbath actually is. There's a huge difference between a day where you're resting and worshiping and a day that you're simply not working for money, basically. (laughs) So there's, I would say that I definitely take days where I'm not working, working, but I am still working on the house stuff and meal prepping and all that. So my day that I generally try to take a Sabbath on is Saturday. Um, But if I have something on a Saturday, I think Chelsea and I are both really blessed that we have pretty flexible schedules. So I could take a Sabbath on the next Monday if I'm off and not seeing patients or a Friday, that sort of thing. Um, I definitely don't Sabbath on Sundays because I'm a worship leader and Sunday is like, you know, a big day every, every week basically. But that's how I do it. It's not always an entire day, but I try to at least carve out three to five hours if that's the bare minimum I can scrape by with and just focus on resting and worshiping. Mm-hmm. Well, we're actually recording this on a Sunday because um, I literally, I was like, hey, can you record on Sunday? So there's me interrupting <laughs> anything Carly might have tried to rest today. But when I was in church this morning, I was just, I, I was thinking about all this because I knew we were going to um, be recording this podcast, but I was just so grateful just, at, you know, in church, I am not actively working as you are. And it's, it is a good holy work and you're leading worship and such. But um, I just, you know, sitting in the pew, when just when I walk mm-hmm. into church, I just take the deepest breath. It is, it is just decompression that it's mm-hmm. like my decompression chamber. And yeah. I was, thinking of, you know, sometimes it's hard to get to church and hard to get all the people to church and they're all grumbling. And by people, I mean, these people <laughs> that live in my house, <laughs> you know, it's like, ah, do we have to go to church? These, these strangers and, that live in your house. <laughs> these people. And I'm so, you know, I'm just, I'm so glad that it's, it's something that we do and that they're growing up doing. Mm, and then I, I yeah. hope that even if, um, you know, they might think it's boring or whatever, as frankly I did when I was younger, but I've planted that seed to where I hope they at least, you know, they feel that calmness. I think it's good for kids to have this kind of forced 
just downtime. They're so, you know, so busy with all their screens and all their things they're doing just to sit there and have to listen and be quiet. And um, I think that's good for them. And then I just know for me, it's, it's a place to let go and relax and decompress. Um, and so I'm grateful for that. But, you know, I just think that God knew that we were all going to be working fools. <laughs> You know, mm -hmm. we're yep. just a bunch of working fools. I mean, I think all we do is work, 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 and productivity is so um, is so praised in our society. And in his divine wisdom, you know, he just knew that it would be our relationship with him that we would allow to fall through the cracks because I think that's what we do. We tend to put him and our health on the back burner when we're so busy and when we're always prioritizing work you know and it's ironically it's him that we need and rest that we need to be healthy um and so that's just it's so detrimental to ourselves when we put him and put our rest on the back burner and just work 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 but you know it's just so hard to quote unquote sacrifice a whole day you know it's kind of how we tend to look at it when there's mm -hmm. so much to get done, whether it is career work or family work or housework or yard work or bookkeeping work or any of the many kinds of work that keep us busy on a daily basis. And it's like, God, don't you know how much I have to do? <laughs> you know how many people <laughs> depend on me? You know how behind I'm going to get if I miss an entire day? And mm -hmm. I mean, of course he does. Of course he does. But I think the point is you know calling us to sabbath he's reminding us that work is not the most important thing mm. he is and that we need to quit thinking everything depends on us and quit trying to do all of it in our own strength you know and that we will be more fruitful with our time in our work time when we honor his time and honor yeah. our time with him it's like a demonstration of faith in his provision which includes our time uh, but it's just so hard. And I know for me, you know, what I tend to do, like just for instance, preparing everything for this school, which um, I know for both of us has been like adding an entire new job on top mm -hmm. of the job that we're already doing. <laughs> and so um, where I was like, where do you find time for that? But, you know, I'll, I'll justify it as work I'm doing for the Lord. So, you know, I mean, I've been work doing this ridiculous amount of hours and mm -hmm. all the time working all the time. And I'll kind of justify, I'm like, well, I'm doing it for God. So it's fine. It's kind of like I'm spending time with him, you know, <laughs> basically the same thing. It's not, it's ba this is totally like basically Sabbath here because all this work <laughs> I'm doing. But uh, I could tell you that yesterday I spent eight hours working on some back-end stuff for the school like the technology part and that is not at all restful uh -uh. nor does it qualify as quality time with the lord and also some not nice words might have flown out of my mouth and that's not holy at all so i don't think that counts but uh, sometimes i'd like to act like it it does but it just does not oh girl i feel you <laughs> you know i think um the word sabbath um originally derives from the Hebrew word Shavat, which although it's commonly translated as rest, it also means to cease. And I, I like that because it's just like, it's time to cease work. You know, my child, stop mm -hmm. it, stop doing it, and you rest. Um, and so I just, I think this discussion is so important in how we are viewing our, um, our time that we're spending. How are we, how are we stewarding this time?
you know? Yeah. It's just like anything. It's like with, with tithing, when you're giving, you know, maybe the first, for a lot of, for a lot of parts of Christianity, you're giving the first 10% to the Lord. And it's like the principle of Sabbathing where you're giving one entire day and it feels like such a large chunk. And you think, Lord, how can I get everything I need to get done with 90% of my income or with, you know, six out of my seven days. Um, but you know, that's that smaller percentage that he's involved in. Um, you can get so much more accomplished than with the full amount when you're kind of just trying to strive in your own strength. It just, I've learned this the hard way. It never works out as well as you think it might. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Let's talk about some of the, you know, kind of physiological things that happen to us when we don't um, live in this kind of natural rhythm of work and rest the way God created us to, which is, you know, the reason, uh, a lot of this reason, I think he calls us to rest because he knows how he mm-hmm. created our body. He knows what our body needs and he needs us to, to Shabbat, to cease <laughs> sometimes for our, uh, the he own does. good of our, our, uh, our body and our health. So let's kind of talk about some of that. Absolutely. And I love the point that was made in the devotional that I was reading about, how the Lord didn't physically need rest. (laughs) Unlike us, we'd physically need the rest. Um, Yet he still rested. So there's the spiritual implications of we just talked about, but also the physical ones as well, because we're humans. And because we're humans, we're flawed and we need rest and we sin and all these things that are associated with humanity. So let's talk about what happens if we aren't living in that rhythm of working, um, working hard, like working in our calling and then resting and then working again. The first thing that would generally tends to happen is that we'll get that nervous system. We, Chelsea and I call it when your nerve nerves get shot (laughs) or like your nerves are fried. Um, we actually recently recorded a nervous system podcast, which we'll link in the show notes for you guys. But just talking about how the nervous system is constantly looking for cues of either safety or danger. So the way that our body was designed is that we're constantly vigilant for, am I safe or am I in danger? Do I need to run from a lion or a tiger or a bear? Or am I safe and I can sleep? So if our body is perceiving this rush, 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 go, go, go mentality and and lifestyle without seeing an end in sight, without seeing a commensurate compensatory amount of rest, it will start to think that you are in danger at all times. And that can essentially repattern or reprogram the nervous system to thinking that you're unsafe and can predispose you to all sorts of health issues. So the main way that this affects us is through our adrenal glands. Um, Our adrenals are these two tiny little glands that sit above our kidneys, like in our back kind of area. And that's what adrenal means, like above the renal glands. And so our adrenals are, are pumping out stress hormones um, like cortisol, and then cortisol has this whole action with dopamine and um, norepinephrine and epinephrine activating our nervous system. And after a certain amount of time, our adrenals can no longer keep up that output, um, whether it just becomes dysregulated, our cortisol is too low, too high, um, many different possibilities exist. Um, But essentially, our hormone production that cascades down further is also impacted negatively. In the show notes, I'm going to link a a hormone pyramid, essentially. And there's three different tiers. On the bottom tier of this hormonal pyramid, 
we have three hormones. We have oxytocin, we have insulin, and we have cortisol. So cortisol is the one I just talked about where if our body is perceiving threat, it will push out extra cortisol. Extra cortisol will cause our body to have higher blood sugar, higher blood pressure. Um, it can really dysregulate like our sleep patterns. It can cause anxiety. Um, in turn, that affects our insulin levels, which Chelsea talks about often here, um, controlling your insulin levels, whether it's through watching carbon take, fasting, etc. But in this case, if our insulin's dysregulated, um, it's because our blood sugar is wacky, usually because of cortisol. <laughs> and then the third kind of, you know, leg of that stool is oxytocin. So these three are all impacted by the lack of rest because we're not rested. We're likely to make poorer food choices. We're going to be underslept, undernourished. Um, we're not going to be moving gently or, or frequently enough to really help move blood sugar. And we're also going to be lacking some oxytocin bonding opportunities like moments of community and just being with your spouse, being with your kids, um, truly being present with um, friends and family and your animals and just resting and abiding are huge stimulus for oxytocin production. And oxytocin is that hormone, like that mothering bonding hormone that makes us feel safe and connected and grounded and loved. And so when these three hormones are out of whack, it affects all of our other hormones. So the ones we talk about that are all buzzy and the ones we care about, right? <laughs> like we talk about our DHEA, which is a precursor to testosterone. We talk about pregnenolone, which is like the mother hormone that is a precursor to like estrogen and progesterone. Um, and so that thereby impacts or mostly decreases our ability to make thyroid hormone, which helps our metabolism to make melatonin, which impacts our sleep and wakefulness cycles, our progesterone, our testosterone, our estrogen. So all of these end target hormones um, in these tissues are all affected by this lack of rest. And especially for me in my job, it's very tempting to simply just go to someone that's, you see thyroid hormone low on blood work and you go, okay, you know, Band-Aid, let's give thyroid medication, which sometimes we have to because it's so low. But if we can think backwards as to why did that happen and we can help support optimal function by regulating oxytocin, insulin, and cortisol and restoring rhythms of work and rest and other lifestyle factors, a lot of times it does help that tier three hormonal imbalance, if all of that makes sense. Um, it's really just this complex interplay between these different hormones, and rest is a huge underpinning to our health in so many ways. Ah, uh, yeah, that makes total sense. You're so right. You know, we talking about like the buzzy, buzzy hormone words. We're worried about. We're always talking about estrogen, testosterone, progesterone, you know, thyroid hormone, all of those things we're trying to balance and regulate all the time. And, you know, you have to look at the higher up, you know, on the, um, in the tier, I guess you would say. Um, and, you know, what, how is all that working first before you just start 
throwing mm-hmm. stuff at it and, and, and other things too. And you were talking about the thyroid hormone. I was thinking about the podcast we did about mm-hmm. um, HTMA and minerals and all that stuff. I mean, there's just so many things to yes. consider instead of just going straight for the Band-Aid option. Mm-hmm. And so many times it is these foundational um, things and things in our Genesis prescription, right, that we're talking about and kind mm-hmm. of the framework that we're using to teach in the school, these very um, – foundational biblical principles that need to be addressed um, to help balance the system, make it uh, feel safe. When you were talking about the oxytocin, I was just thinking about how much I've been apologizing to my family lately. Uh, You know, just like, (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm just in a real, real season of, you know, trying to, you know, take on this big thing. And, um, you know, there's been a couple things fall through the cracks over here. Like, whoops, I forgot to pay that bill or, or whatever it is. Whoops, sorry, honey. I forgot about your meeting today at four o'clock and, or, you know, whatever it is. (laughs) And and those are ways that I have to check myself, you know, like, okay, I, I can, I'm starting to, to lose it here. I am, I'm trying to do too much. And, um, and so, yeah, but balancing it all is, is tough, but, um, but that's what it made me think of is that kind of that disconnection from that, that oxytocin that we, that we so need, um, as part of our hormonal regulation. Right. I mean, if I had to pick one thing that I think most people are dysregulated with, it would be their oxytocin, to be honest. I just feel like the way that our society is built, um, and the way that we function our lifestyles it's just so antithetical to the production of oxytocin. It's like not even funny. I just think about how truly rare it is to have someone, like I'm tearing up, to have someone really like sit with you and listen to you mm-hmm. and be present with you. The It's just so rare in this day and age to have that feeling of safety and connection. And it's because we are all constantly rushing around and not taking time to like stop and smell the roses as silly as that sounds it but that's what makes an impact and that's what and that's what really helps people that's what changes people is that love changes people and if we're never slowing down enough to show god's love you know there no amount of working for the lord is going to help (laughs) Mm, oh that's that is so true it just it made me think of um i not that long ago it's I recently, I told my sister-in-law, I have two people in my life that I feel like when I talk to them, they give me so, their full attention, they're so present that it's almost a little bit disarming, if that yeah. makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Like they, they are looking at you, they are, they are looking you in the eye the entire time you're speaking, they're, you know, it, mm-hmm. they are with you. And that's my sister-in-law, Brooke, and my friend, Aaron. And, um, and they're so present and engaged with you that it's, this sounds weird, but it makes you feel so worthy. And then in a way it makes you feel like so unworthy. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, what have I done to deserve this, this full amount of attention? It's like Mm -hmm. such an overwhelming feeling of love. I don't even know if this makes sense of the way I'm describing it, it, but you're like, wow. Cause you just rarely get that these days. And I am so guilty of not giving my full attention to well mostly my family because that's who I'm around and that's just it's kind of convicting just having this conversation because it is a way that makes you feel so loved is just to 
take that time to completely be present with somebody in conversation. But um, uh, you're right. But just kind of going back to that oxytocin, I think it's interesting because we talk a lot. I mean, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot about <laughs> yeah. insulin and cortisol and to have that of an equal in the, you know, as an equal to insulin and cortisol to have oxytocin mm-hmm. as equals to those is pretty profound and, and right. such a missing piece. I think of this puzzle that we're talking about when it comes to um, health and hormones and that cascade effect into the, into the hormones that we, you know, the other hormones we're thinking about. Um, anyway. Absolutely. So yeah. Yeah. I just, I just wanted to say it. <laughs> I think it's important. I, I, and I honestly adore oxytocin. We will link, there is a podcast, um, with Dr. Sue Carter about oxytocin that we will link, um, in the show notes. If you're interested in learning more about what we know about oxytocin, how to promote flow. And then Chelsea has a podcast about oxytocin flow as well. Mm-hmm. Jesus is our oxytocin. That was basically the message of <laughs> that podcast, but we will link to that one. Link to that one as well. Um, anyway. All the links. Have, all the links today, guys. Well, yeah, we'll put all the links in there. So you were telling me about um, this really good book about rest and mm-hmm. um, and such. So why don't you share that with um, the listeners here? Because it was really good. And you were talking about these yes. different kinds of rest. Absolutely. I think we, I think it's confusing when we think about rest. We actually had this discussion when we were naming the modules of the school. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, should we call this module? We called it. We initially we called it sleep. Sleep. We called it. And sleep. then mm-hmm. we were like, something's wrong with these modules. We're missing something. <laughs> and then we went, oh, that needs to be rest, not sleep, because there's lots of different types of rest, and sleep's one of them. But it's it's not the only one, and it's not you know the most important. I think they're all almost equal in importance. Sleep is up there, but it's not the only way we can rest. And so um, one of the things I love about like all these amazing books that are coming out about rest and renewal and Sabbath, there's so many different perspectives and points of view. So this is not like the only rest book that we recommend, and we'll talk about other recommendations at the end. But the one that Chelsea's referring to is called Sacred Rest, and it's by Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith. She's actually um, a medical doctor, so she's an MD. And she talks about seven types of rest that I'll go into. I'll kind of give you guys like the Cliff's Notes version of what these types of rest are and some brief examples. Um, and we'll let you kind of do, as we talk through these, take a little bit of a mental inventory of what areas you think you might be lacking um, rest in. Maybe for you it's physical rest. Maybe you do need sleep the most. Maybe you're you know running on four or five hours of sleep, please sleep. Your insulin and cortisol will thank you. (laughs) But maybe you're just needing mental rest or creative rest. And so we'll talk through each one of those now. So the first type is the most obvious, right? (laughs) It's physical rest. So it can be passive, meaning you're not conscious, you know, sleeping, napping. Um, While active physical rest would be restorative activities like yoga or stretching, um, massage therapy, things like that, that help improve the body's circulation and flexibility. Um, one of my favorite active physical rest activities is either like giving myself a like lymphatic drainage, like massage, like you can do those on your face or like kind of like behind the leg to help like clear lymphatic fluid, um, or going to get a massage or lymphatic drainage session, something like that. But that qualifies as physical rest too. 
You could have tons of passive rest, but if your body is hurting and needing a little bit of extra support to get that active, like to get that active movement in, um, that can be restful too. Even walking, I find, is an active physical rest for me. I feel like you agree, Chelsea. Mm, oh, 100%. And I'll also mention here and just give a plug to my friend Monica for the still workout. Oh, um, right. I did that interview with her and also have her on my on my Christmas gift guide list. But her workouts are so good because they incorporate so many different um things, you know, it, there's fascia release and there's breathing and there's, um, movement. There's just so much into it. And it's, and she's speaking scripture into you and over you. And it's, it is restful, but it's also, I'm a little bit challenging and sometimes, but it's mm-hmm. so good for the body. It's moving all of those things. Um, so I really like that as a workout, but I think physical rest for me, I'm, I, I think I got that nailed. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> That is one thing, like you don't mess with me in my physical rest. And I don't care if it's not done, whether that's work or dishes or laundry, whatever it is, I don't care. About 8.30, I'm, you know, the only thing I'm doing is giving kisses for bed. Like, night, everybody, I'm out. And I protect that time, um, like, you know, like Fort Knox. Like, that is one thing I'm really good at. Now, I get up really early, but that's one reason I go to bed early. So I, right. I'm pretty good about getting my my hours in and my physical rest so so yay for me that's probably the only thing I've got I don't know on this list I don't don't, yeah I'm not really sure about the other ones Chelsea we might have to (laughs) might have to humble ourselves a little bit but I feel like us as as like health people health providers healthcare providers we think like oh physical rest got it like I rest I sleep because we know how important it is Mm -hmm. but we don't think about the other types of rest um the next one I think we both need um this is mental rest um So mental rest, really, there's really not so much of a definition, more so of signs that you might need it. So feeling feeling kind of brain foggy, Um, sometimes people can get kind of irritable, forgetful, have a hard time concentrating. Um, Like when you lie down and your head hits the pillow, either your heart's racing or you can't turn your brain off, like conversations from the day or things you should have done or for Chelsea and I, things you should have written in the content for the school mm-hmm. um, from the day Phil has thoughts, uh, his or her thoughts. So that's kind of what um, Dr. Dalton Smith re- um, writes. Um, despite sleeping a good amount, you wake up feeling exhausted still. And so this is a mental rest deficit. So this is something that you might need an actual vacation to fix. <laughs> Um, but one way you can give yourself little doses of mental rest is to schedule breaks. So one way that I do this, and this was new to my practice of like in my practice of seeing patients, um, the providers had never scheduled breaks between patients before. And that was one thing that I was really insistent on. I was like, I know it means that I see less patients, but I think it will make me better. And I can wholeheartedly say that that's true. Not only do I get to pray before each patient, but I also get to like reset my brain, kind of complete that patient's tasks and like thinking creatively about their case and move on to the next one. So even if it's like a five, 10 minute break um, occurring every couple of hours through your workday, those breaks remind you to slow down um, and just to abide and rest in him and um, to let go of the striving mentality that we can get caught up in when we're working throughout our day. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't imagine just seeing one person after the other without a break in between. That hurts my brain just thinking about it. <laughs> yep, and and so many, especially so many healthcare providers do that. And I, I find that, especially in my rotations that I went through, a lot of people that were very burned out, I would see that pattern. 
constant, like they would see 20 patients in a row. <laughs> um, I also see a lot less patients. I see like six a day. So that of course makes a huge difference, but also having a break is huge. Mm-hmm. I found that for me, um, you know, it is, it is hard to turn off your brain. You know, I am in, and, and it's weird. Cause I feel like if I'm not giving all of my brain power to thinking about my projects or my work or these things that I'm not really giving it its due diligence if it's not constantly in my head and I'm trying to figure it out and that's just Mm -hmm. so weird but it's hard for me to turn off my brain and so the only things that really do it honestly is like if I will um, well before bed is is read something that has nothing to do with health at all Mm -hmm. I mean I for a long time I was you know reading at night and reading different health books and such because I love it I mean I, I love it that's what I love to read right I mean that's so enjoyable for me but also right because we're nerds because like, <laughs> we're nerds right but I mean but then my brain <laughs> is wanting to process and sort that information and put it and you know try to figure out where right. it goes and how to apply it to my clients and like who's got what and it's, it just kept my brain too whirly and so um, if I will read um, some fiction or something like that, it just helps turn that off. Or even I hate to admit it, watching like a show on TV or something that just mm-hmm. helps my brain escape from what I have been doing all day. It helps so much just to to do mm-hmm. like a, kind of a 180 from where it is. It really does help do that, which is, um, I don't know. For me, that's been kind of helpful. Really Absolutely. thing at night. Yeah, it's so good, Chelsea. I also agree. I don't think TV is the devil either. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't watch if it's a lot used, of it. Yeah, if it's but... used in, if you it's used intentionally, like you're doing it intentionally. You're not using it as like a way to numb out from your life. So I think it's it's very different. <laughs> um, right. Let's talk about sensory rest because this is one I think it kind of ties it in really well with our cortisol and blue light and all those conversations we have. So sensory rest. Think about when you feel really overstimulated, like you're in a public place and there's screaming kids and there's crying babies and there's sirens and think about how that kind of makes you feel. Like even for me just now, that made me feel kind of like, like a little, yeah, me too. my like, chest felt sirens. a little bit like, like, Ooh, I don't like that. Um, and bright lights, fluorescent lights, like flashing lights, computer screens, background noise, lots of conversations happening at once. And that can cause our senses to feel really overwhelmed. And that's normal. Because if you guys think about it, when we were created, you know, we weren't created for this lifestyle of knowing like thousands of people and having a million Instagram followers and following, you know, speaking to myself here, following like thousand people on Instagram that are unrelated to you. And it, it can be very overwhelming because you're constantly surrounded by input. Um, whether it's the lights themselves, the actually sensor, the sensory information, the intellectual information that we're surrounded by, um, it's a lot. So the best way to kind of combat this or counter this, you can do something as simple as just closing your eyes for a minute in the middle of the day and intentionally unplugging for from electronics at the end of every day. So instead of like charging your phone by your bed, like charge it out in the hallway, that sort of thing. Um, there's even, you know, if you want to be really biohackery about it, um, I know I've done this a couple of times. You can do like a salt tank, like a float tank. Um, I know if you're anything like me and you're not used to being sensory deprived, you're kind of like, this is kind of (laughs) boring. Um, but it ended up being really restful once I was able to settle into it. I think some people might have a harder time with it than I did. Um, but 
intentional moments of sensory deprivation, whether they're as basic as closing your eyes um, and just resting. And like when you pray, like when I pray, I'll close my eyes and just thank Lord, just recenter and ground me. Um, or it's as biohackery as doing a float tank. Um, any of those things can just begin to slightly un- undo the damage inflicted by our overstimulating, just constantly overwhelming world. Mm, I've never done a salt tank. I wonder. You would love it. It'd be cool. I'd have to go to a bigger city for such a thing <laughs> to find a when to find a salt tank. I think very, right? very true. Very, very true. Um, when you were talking about the sirens and stuff, it, it's funny because it made me think of, you know, I live in this small town and the sports things are so big around here. And so whenever um, our our teams go out of town to play a game, they will often have a, a send off where they have like every, every, any kind of uh, police vehicle, ambulance, they'll, they'll follow the bus out of town or lead the bus out of town and every, they, they like blare all the sirens and do all the things. And it's so jarring. Um, and it's interesting because it's so rare that I would hear sirens and stuff in such a this small mm-hmm. town. And so I'm like, oh, they're having the, the send the football teams going to wherever to play the football game. And they even did it the other night. The football team didn't get back till like one o'clock in the morning and they had to send in and they all did all the sirens and everything at like one o'clock in the morning. I'm like, what are you doing? It's so crazy. (laughs) But you know, being where I live, it sticks out like a sore thumb. But I think in places in bigger cities, when there's all this noise kind of happening all the time, we don't even realize that it is um, that we're just in the thick of it all the time. And, And we, we do kind of tune it out because we're used to it. But we do need to consider how it can be jarring to our nervous system and how we need to to offer our nervous system just a complete um reset or you know from time to time and that sensory deprivation that you're speaking of just what is it like for our body when there's none of that happening when it's just quiet we just don't do that enough just sit in that quiet and that's what kind of when I was in church this morning thinking about that and thinking I'm so glad these kids are sitting here I don't care if they're bored but it's so it's so quiet in here (laughs) there's no um, electronics it's just very calm and like this is exactly what they need just this Mm -hmm. um, some of that kind of forced sensory deprivation even though we're singing and stuff like that but it's um a little bit more safer a little safer for yeah um, you know it is it's kind of that act of rest um but yeah but like the blue lights and everything just you know the more of that of these this technology our screens the blue light increases our cortisol levels and you know that blue light is essentially akin to the light of midday and so when you're looking at your screen at night or if you look at it first thing in the morning it's like shining the the noon sun in your eyes and that's telling your body like whoop it's the middle of the day we're you know and you're supposed to have cortisol (laughs) um higher in the middle of the day you're supposed to have cortisol that's what keeps you awake and keeps you know keeps things moving but you're not supposed to be having it um in large amounts at night um and so it's just it's very that is very jarring to the body and it it um it stymies melatonin our body can't produce melatonin when we have all that blue light so it you know it it prevents us from getting to sleep well and so yes i think all of the the screens have been so um detrimental to our to our rest you know we stay up Mm -hmm. and we scroll and we get up and the first thing and we scroll and um, i think using 
thinking about using the bookends of our day, um, the alpha and the omega, as I like to call it, the beginning and the end, just trying to keep those a little bit more sacred, especially for um, winding down and then just kind of easing into our day instead of just bah, with blue light, you know, blaring in our eyes and confusing our brains and, and just setting things off, setting our cortisol off so um, strongly, you know, it's just, uh, we don't even think about that kind of thing, but it really does affect our physiology. Absolutely. It so does. Um, again, just interesting to note how much our society's changed in like the past, like 50 years, like how much technology has become so just entrenched in everything that we do. And it's a huge blessing. Obviously Chelsea and I wouldn't be able to do this if screens didn't exist, but still really good food for thought. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to move into talking about creative rest, which is one of my faves, and I know that it's Chelsea's too. Um, So this type of rest is really important, especially for any of us that have to solve problems or brainstorm new ideas. Um, It's almost like encapsulating that like childlike awe and wonder, like the first time you saw the ocean or a waterfall or the Grand Canyon or even just a picture that's beautiful. that type of feeling is what we're trying to evoke with creative rest. So one way to kind of get into creative rest easily is to take in the beauty of being outdoors, whether it's just backyard, um, your park that's local to you, um, also includes enjoying art. So for me, that's like singing, playing the piano. Um, for other people, it's decorating and it's making your home a warm and inviting space. Um, it really is, worship and restful to create surroundings that nourish you. And especially when we, you know, when we're all hurrying all the time, it's hard to have things be clean and organized and put together. And it's really hard to expect our body to, you know, spend time in a bunch of jumbled mess all the time and feel passionate about anything um, or come up with any sort of innovative ideas. It's It would be really hard. So giving us that mental space to be able to think creatively and create in the way that our creator intended. Yeah, I know when things are messy at my house, I just, I can't relax. I can't rest. You know, it's just, it's just makes, it's just that, that chaos, looking at the chaos makes my, my brain chaotic. <laughs> but um, creative rest is my favorite. And I, um, because to me, it's like, that's when I'm sitting on the couch in the morning with my Bible and, you know, and that's when God's like plopping all these amazing ideas in my head, you know, and, and that's the lens he puts over my eyes. When I see a scripture, I'm like, oh, I'm so inspired and I'm so, I can't wait to to flesh that out and write about it. And so that is one of my favorite times. But the problem is, is that um, I, you know, he will put these ideas in my head and, and I feel like it's this partnership that I get to create with him. But then I get so focused on doing that thing or fleshing that out, just like with the school, for instance, right? Like, I'm like, you know, I feel we've both feel called to do this and we're putting all this work in. Mm -hmm. But what I will do is just get so focused on the work of it that I, I stop allowing for that space, just that quiet time and space so he can Mm -hmm. um, still be a part of it (laughs) still partner with me and and, you know and help me like do the thing you know not just give me the idea but actually help me do it um and I know that is something I need to work on because I know that my time spent working on these different things would be more fruitful and less stressful if I took more of the creative rest to allow him to show me 
how to proceed. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. It so does. Yeah. So I, and I don't know, but the creative rest is, is my favorite. And to me, it just feels luxurious to just sit and think, sit with my Bible and just kind of let all those ideas roll around in my head anyway. But absolutely. Then I take it to the straight to the work table and that's, that's what, <laughs> that's where it gets me into trouble. Anyway. Yep. We, yep. You fast forward the process a little bit. We, we all have our, our areas that we're a little bit weaker in and that's, that's so normal. And I want to talk about the next type of rest that we need. This is the type of rest that that person that you might know of, everyone thinks is like the nicest person you've ever met, the person everyone depends on, um, that would give a reluctant yes instead of a truthful no if asked to, you know, do a task or perform a favor that they couldn't really do. Um, but when this person's alone, they feel unappreciated and like others are taking advantage of them. So what this person needs, the type of rest this person needs is emotional rest. And this is essentially having the time and the space to freely express your feelings and to not people please. But it also requires this courage to be authentic, completely authentic. Because an emotionally rested person could truthfully answer the question, how are you today? Um, by saying either I'm great or I'm not okay. And then going on to share hard things that otherwise would go unsaid. So emotional rest actually enables us to stop people pleasing and essentially break that cycle so we can be more authentic and walking in our God-given calling and purpose. Mm, I think I'm getting a little better at that one, you know, because last spring I was like, I had to, I, I mean, I had to kind of fess up and tell people like, I am not okay. <laughs> I am not okay. And I have to pull back or I am going to crash. Um, it was interesting because when I had Cynthia Thurlow on the podcast, she said that as we age and kind of lose our estrogen, we um, we we get better and we, we lose some of these people-pleasing um, mm -hmm. ways, which I thought was interesting. I don't know that I had actually heard it put together like that before. So maybe it's just because mm, I'm perimenopausal, yeah. I'm losing my estrogen <laughs> and I'm getting better at it. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'm very good at this one because I have a lot of estrogen also. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You youngin with all your, est your estrogen. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. It's something, but also um, I've, what I've learned about myself is that I'm an extroverted introvert and that um, mm -hmm. I love being with people and but then I I have to step away and recharge and one of my friends I didn't really think about this but I we were on a girls weekend one time and it was like it was like nine o'clock at night or or ten you know and it was they're all like woo and we're all having wine but I, I was like done like I we'd had a big day together and we just it'd been so engaging and I was like I I just needed to kind of retreat and they were giving me mm -hmm. a little bit of a hard time about it. But then one of my friends was like, I, I know, I know that you need to go and just have your quiet time and recharge. And I felt so seen because I'm like, oh, Aww, she recognizes yeah. that about me. And it's kind of like I was talking about my friends earlier. That was my friend Mel, but my friends Aaron and then my sister-in-law, Brooke. I guess it's what it is. It's like when somebody knows you and sees that or gives you their full attention, you just feel so seen. And it's kind of humbling. Um, mm -hmm. maybe that's a better word. I was saying you don't feel worthy, but I guess it's just so humbling when somebody really knows you and they can see that about you and know that you need to retreat and, and, um, recharge. Um, but that's for sure. And you know how you were talking about earlier, how God doesn't need to rest, right? I mean, he physically doesn't need the re to rest. 
it is interesting that when we think of Jesus, who is divine and human, I mean, we mm-hmm. see him in the Bible um, taking, we don't see a lot of him sleeping necessarily in the Bible. We don't see <laughs> sleep, but we see a lot of rest. You know, yeah. he need, you know, he, Jesus, the lover of all people, he needed time away from people, right? And he needed time alone with his father. Um, and and we are the same, you know, we need time alone with our father to rest and recharge. Um, you know, Jesus seeked out God for, you know, guidance and strength to carry out that mm-hmm. he was called to do. And this allowed him to be more present and take time where he was needed. You know, Jesus was not hurried. He was not frenzied, even though he was the most productive and important person to ever walk the earth. You know, I right. mean, our, our busy is nowhere near his busy. And yet he took time he needed for himself and with the father so that he could do his kingdom work in the world. And I just, we have to remember that we show up so much better to our kingdom work when we take that much needed time to be alone with God, to have this emotional um, rest and to also, yeah, to, to recognize mm-hmm. in ourselves when we're not okay and, and to be authentic and tell other people we're not okay. I do need to, I do need to call it a night girls and I have to go to bed. I'm sorry. It's only 10 o'clock. <laughs> you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, I think that kind of ties in really well with social rest because being surrounded by people that will support you and your choice and your need for what, whatever kind of rest you need, emotional rest or anything else that you need. Um, that's social rest. Um, that's engaging in relationships that actively build you up. Um, so I think that's the really special thing about social rest. It doesn't mean, you know, isolating yourself and being lonely. It's, choosing selectively and, and digging into relationships that actually nourish you and, in, in you know, mind, body, spirit. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think, you know, having those, those friends spend, being very, um, discerning and selective about the people that you spend your time with and are mm-hmm. they building you up? Are they respecting your needs and helping you, um, better you as a person? So, yeah, I think that's so important. Yeah, absolutely. And then the last type of rest we talk about often, that's spiritual rest. Um, The ability to connect beyond the physical and the mental and to feel a deep sense of belonging, love, acceptance, and purpose. And to receive this, we need to engage in something greater than ourselves, whether that's serving in church, um, adding in prayer, meditation, or community involvement to your daily routine. Um, so as you can see, like sleep alone can't restore us to the point where we feel rested. We need all seven types of rest. Um, sleep is one of them, but it's not. The other six are also important. So it's time for us to start focusing on getting the type of rest we actually need. Um, so we'll talk about some ways we can rest. And Chelsea will chime in as we go here. Um, so I would start as you've kind of, as we've talked through this, I'm sure there's things that have kind of stirred in your heart and your spirit thinking, okay, what areas of rest am I lacking Lord? Like really be prayerful and intentional, um, as you're seeking him in these aspects. Um, so think and think and pray about what areas of rest you're lacking in and then work on incorporating those into your day or into your week. One thing that I think is just biblical and something we all should be striving to do is a weekly Sabbath. Um, so I'm going to read a couple of anchoring verses to kind of share that theme of Sabbath, and then we'll talk more about the practicalities of what that includes. Um, in Genesis chapter 2, verses 2 through 3, it says, By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. 
So on the seventh day he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day, and he made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. In Hebrews chapter 4, verses 9-11, through 11, it says, There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. So let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest, so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. Mm. Yeah, I think, I mean, Sabbath is an act of obedience, really, and we're called to Sabbath, you know, and when we do, um, we we gain so much from it. As hard as it is to set that time aside, um, that time with the Lord, we gain so much from it, and we gain so much from that that act of obedience, you know, to the Lord. Absolutely. Um, I think it's really cool to explore what Sabbath looks like for each of us. Cause it, there's not like a rule that on your Sabbath, you wake up at 7am and you do it's, it's not like that. <laughs> right. Your Sabbath might not look like someone else's and that's okay. Um, so we'll talk about how, um, John Mark Comer defines it in his book. It's called garden city and it's all about Sabbath. So if you're wanting more of that spiritual encouragement to Sabbath, it's a wonderful book to read. It's specifically about Sabbath, not just rest generally. Um, so in, this is a quick excerpt from his book. This language of holy to the Lord is used all through the scriptures. It can also be dedicated, it can also be translated dedicated to the Lord. So the Sabbath is an entire day that is holy and set apart or set aside, dedicated to the Lord, which is a day for rest and it's a day for worship. So John says, when I Sabbath, I run everything through this grid. Is this rest? Is this worship? If the answer to both questions is yes, then I delight in it. If the answer is no, then I hold off until the next day. Because the Sabbath is not the same thing as a day off. He says, a little tongue-in-cheek, make sure you get the difference. (laughs) On a day off, you don't work for your employer, but you still work. You grocery shop, you go to the bank, mow the lawn, work on the remodeling project, chip away at that novel you're writing, But on the Sabbath, you rest and you worship and that's it. It doesn't have to look like I spend all day at church. I mean, there's some things that we suggest doing on Sabbath, but I love on on my Sabbath days getting coffee with a friend. Make sure it's somebody that makes you feel socially rested. It's not someone that you feel like you have to minister or, or pour tons of yourself into without that commensurate like exchange. Um, but going to church, listening to worship music, reading your Bible, reading fiction, reading a devotional, spending time in nature, getting some sun, earthing, going to the beach or the pool if you live in Florida like I do, (laughs) taking a walk um, or a hike, Um, journaling, so writing down everything you're grateful for, praying, just spending some time like in the quiet, in the quiet, in the secret place with the Lord um, and really just setting at least a little bit of time apart for that, um, actively praying and practicing kingdom breaths, um, which are five to six inhales, five to six second inhales and five to six second exhales, and then going back and forth. Those are some of the ideas that we have um, for Sabbath. Anything you want to add, Chels? 
Yeah, I think it can be less daunting for people if they think about starting, you know, maybe like not starting with the whole day, you know, like ease your way into it. Can you just, can you do two or three hours where you set aside things and just are more still and um, are more intentional about this, you know, and then work your way into more of a full day. Um, it's speaking from somebody that, you know, is still trying to do that. I do not have a full day of Sabbath, but, um, but I like what you said about, you know, having coffee with a friend and, and having that, um, that social kind of in that social rest, somebody mm-hmm. that um, is supportive of you and gay, makes you feel good. And you're just, and you're, you're just so grateful to have a friend like that and, and spend time with them and, and doing those things. And so um, I think looking at those areas of rest that we talked about today mm-hmm. and how that can play into your Sabbath and work into your Sabbath and um, I think is a really great idea, like mm-hmm. the creative rest, sitting, you know, sitting. How do, what, is, what does God have for you? How does he, you know, what is your creative gift? We all have some kind of creative gift. And a lot of us don't know what it is because right. we don't sit long enough for him to to reveal it to us, you know, or, um, or to take the time to, to do it. And so I think sitting in some creative rest time, um, is, is wonderful thing to do, but yeah, just, I guess, basically not, not trying to do some full day of Sabbath. If you've never done any of it before, and it sounds so daunting, just start with several hours, you know, go, if go to church, if you don't normally go to church, go to church, spend an hour of just that really dedicated time of um of that kind of rest and and being with him yeah go to church and then go to brunch (laughs) yeah that's fine without without any without any agenda or need to be anywhere afterward like practicing and I kind of feel like this ties into um John Mark Comer's other book The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry that's so good if you're if you're hurrying the rest of your days every single day your other six days are jam-packed from sunrise to sunset let this be the day where you're not so attached to timelines and schedules and needing this day to be like perfect. Like this is the day to take a nap and to rest. And because you're working um, the other six days and you're being diligent and you're being committed to what the Lord's asked you to do, um, we Sabbath to be able to fuel ourselves up for that. We don't Sabbath as a reward for working. We Sabbath as a way to fuel ourselves to get those other six days, um, to get through those other six days with, you know, accomplishing the best of what God has for us and being able to fully live into and step into our calling. But I would encourage you on that Sabbath day to really just embrace the day. And like, I don't, I don't know why this just came to me. It's almost like you're like kind of getting a little glimpse of like the garden of Eden, like no schedules, no agendas, abiding, resting in that, like just that gentle presence of the Lord. That is what a Sabbath is. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't always look the same for everyone. So it's something you might have to be in prayer about and just, just think and and be strategic and just try things out and see what works. Um, and I would just encourage you to try even a little bit of time and see um, what the Lord has for you, um, in giving him this, this part of your week. Mm-hmm. God is so pleased with our efforts. You know, He is. He He knows when we're trying. He is. And, um, <laughs> even when we're re- even when they're very subpar. <laughs> yeah, even when it's yes subpar, He knows we're trying, and uh, I I think um, yeah, He's that is very pleasing to Him that we're making that effort, even if we 
don't do it all that that well um <laughs> so <laughs> um uh well this was so good and i i know it's it was good for me um to talk through this and to hear all this and we both need to hold each other accountable to um to our rest time i will try not to ask you to do podcasts on the weekends anymore <laughs> I will try to refrain <laughs> from doing that. Well, um, it was it was very wor- it was very worth it. Yeah. So this <laughs> so maybe this is kind of a Sabbathy thing. I mean, we're talking about rest and Sabbath. I mean, it's it is work, but we're we're trying to encourage the rest, and um, so maybe it counts a little bit. We'll just oh totally. We'll chalk, we'll chalk <laughs> it up to that. Um, well, this has been so great. Um, also, I so I do want to remind people, or just actually tell people, um, that we are really close to opening um, the doors on the School of Christian Health and Nutrition. Um, mm-hmm. This is one of the modules, like we said, that we're we're working on um, having in there, and. So we invite you, if you're interested at all, if you feel that tugging on your heart, if you're also completely nerdy um, about all this yeah, kind of stuff like us. we are, <laughs> yes, come hang out with us. Um, I think you'll love it. But we have a an information Zoom call. So if you're kind of curious about what it's going to be like and you just need more information, we're going to have an information. Well, this is also on a Sunday here as I'm, <laughs> as we're talking about this. But we did, we did schedule it on a Sunday, uh, December the 4th at 4 p.m. Central Time, um, because, and we picked that time because we were hoping it would, we would catch people at home and um, not during the busy work week. So we will be talking about health and the Lord and, and the way that it all works together. And so if you're interested in attending the Zoom call, um, we will, I guess we can put that link in the in the show notes um, mm-hmm. for you and we'll be sharing it. Um, I'll put it in my Sunday send out list and, and that kind of thing. We'll be sharing it, but, um, and we'll be recording the call. So if you can't make it live, then we can send it to you as well. Send you the recording, but I invite you to come hear more about it. If you're interested, we'll be opening registration on um, December the 4th. Um, and we're just really excited mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. Um, anything you want to add yeah, to that absolutely. before we kind of close down with a um, with some with a maybe your anchor verse or a, a verse you want to read today? Anything else you want to add about the yeah, school? Yeah. Other than we are very very excited and we've been working really really hard, um, not too hard, guys, <laughs> <laughs> on on the school content. Um, I don't know. This is just an outpouring of Chelsea and I's hearts um, to teach about nutrition and health. Um, in the way that the Lord designed our bodies. Um, it's just an honor and a privilege, and we're just super excited to get to meet anyone who's able to join the Zoom. Um, but we will talk to y'all very soon. Hope to see you on Zoom. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. All right, well, let's kind of wind it down. And um, why don't you share, um, do you have a, a special um, kind mm-hmm. of anchor verse or scripture you'd like to share to take us out? Of course, I always like to share a nice little versey verse <laughs> or verses at the end. Um, so this is from Luke uh, chapter 10, verses 38 to 42, and I'm reading out of the NLT. Um, so again, as I read this, big deep breath, resting and abiding in what the Lord has to speak to you through this verse um, or through these verses. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, They came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. 
Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these many details, but there is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has found it, and it will not be taken away from her. Rest in that today, friends. There's one thing worth being concerned about, and that's you and the Lord and your relationship with him. You found him, and this can never be taken away from you, no matter how much, how many details and all the striving that we caught up, get caught up in. Um, he still wants you to rest in his presence and abide with him. Thank you. That's so, so good to leave us with. Um, thank you, my friend, for being here. Of course. Today. You're so Take- welcome in your afternoon and um we thank all of you for listening and hope we found some rest in this and hope you find and be more intentional about the rest that you get and taking care of yourself taking care of your body as a holy temple and just um spending time with the lord so thank you so much for listening i hope you have a healthy and blessed week and i will talk to you soon Remember that my mom is an awesome nutritionist, but she's not a doctor. The information in this podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Always talk to your doctor before making changes to your nutrition or exercise program. Thanks for listening. Have a healthy and blessed week.